you will destroy through COVID-19. No more. No more. No more. It no more. is finished. finished. It is over. And the United States of America is healed you, and well Thank you. again. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. I'm Harrison. Harrison. Are you wearing a mask right now? No. I guess you don't have to in your own house. You unless you're really your paranoid. Own. Yeah. Do you, do you have a mask, though? Have you been going out wearing the mask? No, I bought some, though, online. How do you smoke with a mask? Do you, like, poke a hole through it? You don't have to wear the mask every <laughs> second you're outside, man. Dude, you're going to catch the Rona. I don't give a shit about catching it. The only reason I got it is because I got a mask is because I anticipate in about a week... You won't be allowed into stores without a mask on. Well, I wonder if they'll do that. I mean, I still have my Renaissance Plague Doctor mask. I had to take the, <laughs> the tinted um, lenses out, though, because I couldn't. It would fog up. The lenses would get fogged up. I really want to see you, like, put a GoPro on or somehow, like, mm-hmm. record an outing <laughs> to Ralph's wearing that thing and see what right. people say. Yeah. Because some people, I bet you a lot of people will be like, now that guy's a smart guy. Yeah. Whereas other people will be really freaked out. Mm-hmm. Give you a wide berth. Yeah. Um, it's it's crazy. It's getting crazy out there. It's getting really wacky. On a Friday night, I think I was telling you this earlier, but Friday night, I realized I didn't have any booze. Like I mm. drank all my wine. I had like a glass like of wine left. And I was like, oh, fuck, I need to get some whiskey. Because my drinking has quadrupled during this quarantine. Yeah. I mean, have you noticed, have you been drinking a lot more? Oh, yeah. Everyone I know I talk to is like, oh, yeah, I've been drinking so much now. I mean, it got, it I got, woke up at like four o'clock today. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I think that's just, I, I mean, mm. I guess that's the way we deal with boredom and deal mm. with other family members and loved ones. Mm. So we just drink ourselves into a stupor. Um, but yeah, so I didn't have any alcohol. So I went out. Mm. This is probably around like maybe 9.55. And I drove to Rite Aid, closed. Closed a little early, but closed. It's the one right by you on uh, Franklin over there. And so then... Yeah, well, you, they close at 10 now instead yeah, of uh, midnight. Fuck? Used to close at midnight. Does that go to the one on Sunset? Closed. Try to hit the Walgreens on uh, Vine and Sunset? Closed. Everything's closed. Mm. And so I was like freaking out, and I'm driving around. I go over by uh, Hollywood and Highland. This is like, you know, 1030 on a Friday night. There's no one there. It's just completely desolate except for homeless people. Homeless people who are like extremely mental at this point. I don't know if it's because they're I don't all even jonesing. see these homeless people. I don't know what oh, you're talking about. Go drive down by Hollywood and Highland. You'll see there's a ton. They they're mm. living out there. They they've mm. created shanty towns mm. with tents, like tent cities, and they're just like, I mean, they're fighting with each other. They're walking around and like 
you know, half naked screaming. It's because I think they're all jonesing and there's no one to, to, to get money from. There's no one else out there. Right. There's their economy's falling apart. Yeah. Their economy. But they, so anyway, they, I mean, they should join, join the club, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I got fucking Mr. Yeah, Furley, bro. Yeah. I yeah. think someone furloughed those homeless people. Mm. But yeah, so anyway, I was like taking a right on the Hollywood from uh, Cherokee, which is like a side street. I turned around mm. and then out of nowhere, this guy is trying to like get in my passenger side door. And I was like, what the fuck? And I like gunned it in the Prius, which isn't, doesn't really mean anything. But I gunned it around the corner and I look back and yeah, the dude's got his pants off. Mm. I don't know what was going to happen. Mm. I don't know what was supposed to happen there. I just like, Get the hell out. I ended up finding a Rite Aid, the one by, uh, by me over here in Koreatown. Uh, it's open It's open until midnight. Mm. Yeah. Bought some whiskey. The place was empty, though. I mean, there's just no food, no canned food, no, like, paper products. Thankfully, for you. Well, thankfully, they had whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Hey, it's, it's getting weird out there, man. Mm. Is this, I think it's going to be, it's going to change lives. This whole Rona, Rona quarantine. Right. You know, I think, uh, I think a lot of people are going to get divorced next month. I think, um, have you heard about the panic button for porn sites? No. You haven't heard about that? I was reading about that. There's a site called I'm Live that's testing it out. It's like a adult cam company. Um, it's a, some website called I'm Live.com. But they have this uh, button now where... If somebody walks into the room, you can press it real quick and it'll load up like a website of your choosing. It's like a news website or something. Why though? I well, I think that's I think that's the thing. It's like people are at home now masturbating all day and their significant other or their children are walking in on them. So oh, you want you're supposed to have like a panic button mm. to quickly shut the porn off. Mm. You live alone, so you're thankfully, I mean you're actually kind of in an ideal situation for the quarantine. Oh, yeah. That's how I look at it. Could you imagine having a fucking roommate mm. right now? God, no, it would suck. Mm. It would suck. But anyway, as I guess as, as, as much of an imposition as this whole thing is, I still think, and, you know, it's, and also it's tragic that so many people are going to die, um, I still think that there's a positive side to the Rona. There's a, I think there, I think we could spin this in a positive sense. I was mm-hmm. reading an article that a number of American religious leaders have endangered their flock by continuing to hold services, like breaking the law to continue to hold services and encourage, these are like mega church preachers in like Florida and like Kansas. And they're encouraging people to come claiming the virus will be defeated by their faith in God. Which I wholeheartedly condone that type of behavior. I think they should. I think that's what they should do. They should like keep holding services. In fact, hold like several a week and get them all to come in and all contract the virus and these die. These are Protestants, right? No, these are like evangelicals. That, those Pro- are Protestants. Well, I mean, pr- yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, but Protestants, Baptists. There's like a like a. Those are all Protestants. Are Baptist Protestants? Yeah. Anything oh. that's not Catholic is essentially Protestant. Oh, well then, yeah. fuck. Yeah, right, and, yeah. and the whole thing about Protestant is, you know, you, is that you don't have to have a priest 
you don't have to go through a priest to have a relationship with God. You can just directly have a relationship with God. Whereas Catholicism, you have to go through the priest. So I don't understand why it's so important that they hold services. The whole fucking Ooh. point of their whole stupid religion is that you don't have to. Yeah, but I think that's that's the way you get their donations. Yeah. You know? Having them come over and uh, pack, have a packed audience, you know, taking in hymns, listening to sermons. Yeah. And uh, praying that God will protect them from the coronavirus. I, I, th- I think they should keep going with that mentality. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if, like, this virus just wiped out all the evangelicals? All the Protestants done? That'd something. That'd be great. Mm. I'm, I'm not just talking Christians and Gentiles. I'm talking about the like, Hasidic Jews are still having their services. Wipe them out, too. Mm. You know, fanatical Muslims. Let's just do away with that whole thing. Right. Let's just do away with religion in general. <laughs> I think it'll make society a better place. And if the coronavirus can make that happen, hey, <laughs> maybe it'll work out after all. Um, there's a guy, uh, Rodney Howard Brown, who I'd never heard of this guy before, but he's a, a Tampa megachurch pastor. He's got a congregation and tens of thousands of people um, who said that he'll cure coronavirus <laughs> just like he did with Zika. And he's going to continue holding services during the pandemic because his church is the most sterile place in the county. Is he the one who cured Zika? I was wondering who did that because it, it wasn't didn't go Jesus. Away. Yeah, so he, he's the one who did it. Wow. <laughs> he did it. So here That's he cool. is talking about how mm. sterile mm. his church is uh, because of his machines. I don't know what kind of machines these are, but these spiritual machines that kill the coronavirus. The Lord has helped us to secure our congregation. Uh, we have we brought in 13 machines that basically kill every virus in the place. And uh, if somebody walks in the door, it's like um, it kills everything on them. Um, if they sneeze, it it shoots it down like at 100 miles an hour. It'll it'll neutralize it in split seconds. So um, we have the most sterile building in <laughs> in I don't know the whole of America, but. <laughs> that sounds legit yeah you know i love the video too because the video just shows this like fat bastard sitting in his office with a microphone and his wife i'm assuming it's his wife sitting next to him just shaking her like nodding her head in affirmation <laughs> like yeah you're right this machine will just kill every virus as soon as you walk in the door that's how it works i believe me i spent a good 30 minutes trying to find this machine couldn't find it. Couldn't you find ever meet those people who have like, this is this is a deionizer, <laughs> and it kills all the ions in the room. What's an ion? Ions are what make you sick. You know is what that, I'm talking about? Is that those things that like it almost looks like a humidifier? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My my yeah. boss had one. My old job. Uh, <laughs> and I was just like, no, that's an that's like an air freshener. She's like, no, it's a deionizer. It kills the ions in the room. I'm like, okay. Tell yourself that. Um, these guys, though, they think the virus is a hoax. And whether it's like a Democratic hoax, it's just a hoax. And Jesus will speak the truth about it. Mm. Uh, Howard Brown said, we're not stopping anything. I've got news for you. This church, my church, will never close. The only time this church will close is when the rapture is taking place. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they should they should keep it open. Keep keep going there. 
Yeah. Don't even bother with face masks or gloves or anything. You know, hug each other. You know, hold each other's hands. Let's just let Jesus, you know, come up with the cure. Some pious licking, maybe. Yeah, some, some pious, pious licking. face licking. <laughs> yeah, love that. Some devout yeah. sneezing. Mm. You know, that's 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 how you should honor your uh, savior. <laughs> um, he said, "If you cannot be saved in church, you in serious trouble." That's what he said. He said, "My uh, my congregants are revivalists, not pansies." Because pansies would be at home. You know who else got into it? One of our favorite pastors, Roy Moore. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah, the judge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the judge pedophile. Yep. The pedophile mm-hmm. judge from Alabama. Oh, yeah. Um, he came in. I guess he, he conducts uh, services, too, because he's a pastor. And mm-hmm. he said, uh, we are going to continue church assemblies even in the midst of these trying times. My favorite, one of my favorite evangelical uh, preachers is Kenneth Copeland. He's a Texas-based prosperity gospel preacher. They're the best ones, the prosperity gospel preacher. He once, this guy is such chutzpah too, he once defended his ownership of three private jets on the grounds that commercial flights would require him to get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. Wow. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. So I need three jets. I mean, I paid good money for that kind of thing. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> Jesus. you would like, uh, yeah. Would you pay extra for a seat next to a demon? Absolutely. Um, so in March, he was saying that coronavirus is a weak strain of the flu, and that fearing the pandemic is a sin. So here he is. Praying. These prosperity gospel people are insane. Because oh, they're the, Jesus they're the best. literally said absolutely nothing <laughs> about prosperity. Prosperity is an Old Testament thing. It's not a New Testament thing. Jesus is like, you no, should be homeless it's... and shit on yourself and die. Yeah, and you, you know? should be humble. You should be right. flying around in three private yeah. jets. Hmm. You know, scaring, uh, lying to your people to give you more money to create a cure with Jesus. Listen to this. This is, this is great. He gets really impassioned. That's why I like Kenneth Copeland. We'll exercise judgment right now. Because we in have... In the name of Jesus! Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Standing in the office of the prophet of God, I execute judgment on you, COVID-19. I execute judgment on you, Satan, you destroyer, you killer, you get out, you break your power, you get off this nation. I demand judgment on you. I demand, I demand, I demand. Oh, right already, fine. I love the guy in the Go. background. He's like, oh, yeah. Ooh. Standing in the office of <laughs> Satan. I demand. Listen. Yeah. You know, he gets really like his face gets all red and he starts mm. spitting and screaming and everybody in the audience stands up with their hands in the air. But he's but he's one do of in fact care. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's saying fear is a spiritual force and it's not okay. It's a sin. It's a magnet for sickness and disease. And by fearing this pandemic, you're giving the devil a direct pathway to your body. Yoda said something very similar. So (laughs) he really did. So he stole that from Yoda. He's criticized preachers who are suspending in-person services and trying to do online services or those mm. drive-by. They're doing like drive-in services. They're, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's upset about that too. 
Uh, this guy here, a prophet named Lance Walna. He's a self-described prophet. I, I've never heard of this guy. He said the virus will touch just a fraction of the population. It's barely even dang- more dangerous than the seasonal flu. I really hope they keep telling themselves that. Yeah. You know? Um, this guy's great. Uh, Ralph Drolinger, who's a Christian right preacher, he led the Bible study for Trump's cabinet members. He said the virus is an instrument of divine judgment, and he blames the LGBTQ community for making mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, another guy here would be Prophet Jeremiah Johnson. He had a prophetic dream in which God spoke to him. This is his dream, he said. In a baseball stadium where Trump was at bat, outwitted a demonic pitcher. This is what God told him. The enemy is intended to strike out Donald Trump at a very critical hour in history. But behold, supernatural helps on the way, for I will slow down the advancement of the enemy and allow him to knock this one out of the park. Oh, my so, God. So there you go. <laughs> that, like, combines everything I don't like. Baseball, Baseball religion, Christianity, Trump. Donald Trump. <laughs> like, you know? Oh, Man, my God. Terrible. Yeah. Oh God. And, well, it's insane because what they use, all these preachers kind of have a common thread. It's, it's that Christians shouldn't be controlled by a spirit of fear. Mm. And they keep doing, quoting these biblical texts, which promise God will heal you and protect only those who have faith. So if you have faith, even though you, the entire evangelical religion is based around fear of going to hell. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's a spirit of fear. Mm. But he's saying like God will protect all of those who have faith. So just put your trust in God. You don't need a face mask. Mm-hmm. You don't need gloves. Yeah. You know, get one of these sterilization machines, or better yet, get one of Joseph Murray Spears God machines. Um, which I think right now, if a guy came out trying to sell a God machine, I think you'd be you'd be a billionaire yeah i think all these christians if if like kenneth copeland came out or even that that other guy uh, howard brown if he came out with like this is a device right here you just plug it in usb into your computer and it emits waves that will kill the coronavirus in your house through jesus's like magnetic waves and it's and then it's like well i don't know i don't know if i and it also charges your iphone okay Take my money. Yeah, it charge, you just yeah. plug your iPhone into it, yeah. and it'll charge your iPhone too. Mm-hmm. And get rid of the coronavirus with Jesus's magnets. <laughs> um, I think it would work. I think that would work. That's kind of, I mean, it's similar Jesus's to what... dinosaur magnets? Yeah, his dinosaur mm. magnets. That's, what, that's, how, that's how it works. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like these charlatans, you know, what, what's happening now isn't unprecedented. People have been doing this. Religious people have been doing this for like hundreds of years. You know, for centuries. Yep. Uh, this guy, John Murray Spear, in uh, 1853, he uh, built a machine, a machine that would act as a physical body for God, hmm. a metal and copper suit that will contain the divine spark. He called it the new motor, heaven's last, its best gift to man. And people actually believe this, hmm. this like steampunk contraption, you know? Well, he was in uh, like Newton, Massachusetts, right? Uh, Lynn, Massachusetts. Is Lynn, that close Ma- by? Oh, man. Lynn is fucking rough, man. Where is that? Lynn is basically run by the Bloods and the Crips now. It's like maybe like 30 minutes outside of Boston, something like that. 
It's above Boston, I believe. Hmm. And it's like it's it's a rough fucking town. I, I mean, it probably wasn't then in the mid nineteenth century, but it was then. Hmm. Yeah. And it's in. Uh, well, I mean, it was, I guess it must have been deeply religious back then. Well, that whole area though was. Yeah. Yeah. Spear was actually born in the city of Boston in 1804. And from a young age, a member of the Universalist Church of America. Yeah. Which, I, is that even still around? There's like things called that. I don't know if it's the same thing, but they're essentially, um, they're just like a very open and progressive branch of Christianity. Okay. Yeah, like they're very kind of... Im- Interfaith and very, you know, very accepting because he because uh, Spear was like super progressive for his time. You know, he was he made well, he was. Yeah. Bernie I mean, he... Sanders look like fucking Bill O'Reilly. Like he was like like it compared to the other like left wing people of the time. He was like super like he was into, you know, he wanted women to be able to vote and be politicians. And he was actually part of the underground railroad. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, he was a yeah. prominent abolitionist. Yeah. Um, he organized, uh, the first universalist anti-slavery convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, he petitioned for social reform, including women's rights, labor reform. He was against the death penalty. Yep. Yeah. Very progressive at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a minister with the universalist church in Barnstable, Massachusetts. Have you been to Barnstable? <laughs> I haven't. No. <laughs> is that how you is that how you say it? Barnstable. I, probably Barnstable. Barnstable, probably. Yeah. Um, Spear was so progressive that in Portland, Maine, hmm. he held an anti-slavery march in the heart of the city, and he was beaten senseless by an angry mob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't. But you know what? That didn't. Uh, that didn't uh, deter him from continuing on with the mission. Wouldn't be his first confrontation with an angry mob (laughs) yeah definitely not the last um it was around this it was around that time after he was incapacitated from a severe beating around 1852 Mm. that he broke ties with the universalist church and then he joined an ever-growing community that called themselves spiritualists yeah. And during this period, he spent years devoted to developing his abilities as a trance medium. Hmm. And eventually he came to believe that he was being guided by the spirits of notable scientists like Emanuel Swedenborg and Benjamin Franklin. So I don't know if he would like get in a trance and try to like channel hmm. Benjamin Franklin. Well, um, he would talk to spirits. Were, were, were those were those some of the spirits included? Yeah, those are two of the spirits he would speak to, but okay. he he spoke to you know multiple spirits. Well, cuz the the spirits that, you know, like he wanted to build a perpetual motion machine, right? To collect and distribute the energy of the universe, which is kind of what led to the god machine. The god machine, yeah, yeah. But the spirits like dict like guided him and dictated him plans uh for a bunch of stuff, like telepathic transmitters to replace the telegraph. Um, and this was like a wireless interplanetary communication device, uh, a psychic ticker to transmit commodity prices around the country, a body yeah. suit to amplify traces and modulate spirit contact and a machine that would think in a universal code. So hey, a lot they- of this stuff is kind of like ew, stuff that would eventually be created in some level. 
You yeah, know? exactly. I mean, I think an electric ship propelled by psychic batteries. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Scientologists use that. Oh, they, they do. Okay, that's how uh, Elrond gets around. Yeah. Um, so he claimed mm-hmm. that he had influence over spirits by using what he described as a force field made of copper and zinc batteries. Mm. Uh, but as you can imagine, he was met with ridicule. Everybody mm. kind of made fun of him. So he left and he went to Rochester, New York. And he began calling himself the earthly representative of a band of electricizers. Wow. <laughs> Not I think an my EDM mom band. bought that in the 80s <laughs> on a, an, off a commercial. It's like Suzanne Summers' electricizer, I think. Electricizer, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah it'll, it'll, you'll get real fit. It yeah. kind of sounds like some kind of 80s synth band or something. Mm. The electricizers. Mm. You know, Fred Schneider's first band. Um, he says that uh, it was an organization that was working together in the afterlife to promote mankind to new levels of a divine social state by using technology. Hmm. And he claimed that the electricizers were not the only group to, uh, to do this. There are also other groups, such as the healthfulizers and the educationalizers oh, man. and the agriculturalizers, who are also earthly, that were choosing earthly representatives. And he said all these Lizer groups form the Association of Beneficence. What about Lizer Minnelli? <laughs> Where did she fit into all this? She was their divine yeah. queen. Oh, yeah. Okay. She was like Good. the red haired queen. Yeah. <laughs> the red haired like lady. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is kind of like it's just a really lame Justice League. Mm. You know, the Association of Beneficence. Yeah. Um, so Spear firmly believed like he like he really believed this legitimately that he'd been selected by benjamin franklin and that his fate was to begin work on these new machines like all the machines that you just mentioned that would change the face of humanity forever Hmm. like electrical ships uh the creation of circular cities but the most powerful machine the most important one of all is the god machine Hmm. the new messiah Hmm. so that was the first one he was going to build and so I think uh, I'll post a picture of it because I think he like drew it up. Um, but it's kind of similar to uh, what's his name from the Mormons with the glasses. What's that guy's name? Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. Mm. Like Joseph Smith claimed the angels gave him special glasses so he could see the tablets and, and see mm. God's word. Similar, similar thing here with, uh, with Spear is that he claimed he was being contacted by the spirits like Benjamin Franklin and only he would know what the machine was supposed to look like hmm. and how it was supposed to function, which, you know, sounds legit. Um, so he chose High Rock, which is a hill rising 170 feet above Lynn, Massachusetts, as the birthplace of the machine. And he put together like a whole group. Like there were a bunch of people that uh, assisted him that kind of wanted to join up with the spiritualist community. Would you have done that back in the day? Join up? Yeah. yeah. Would you have been into Absolutely. it? It's like, hey, we're a bunch Absolutely. of spiritualists uh, hanging out. We're going to make this God yeah. machine. You down? Yes. <laughs> I'm always, I mean, hey, I'm looking for that now, you know? Well, aren't you Come in on. one on, what do you do on Sunday? I thought it was like a, like a spiritualist. It. It's oh, it's, oh, well, because yeah. of Rona? Yeah. 
Yeah, but before that, what was it? Like a group masturbation society or something? It's a spirit. Yeah, it's like a spiritualist, you know, fucking Kabbalah, tarot, fucking Order of the Golden Dawn thing. And you guys like met, right? Like uh, there's like services. So, I mean, that thing is still going on here. Yeah. But we didn't, unlike the thing with uh, John Myers Spears followers, they would exchange uh, invention ideas through sexual exchange. <laughs> he, it was big into free love. Was he really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, they they were fucking all over the place. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, sex magic. That's right. Um, so there there was a group of people that followed him. There's a guy, uh, Reverend S. C. Hewitt. He was an editor of a spiritualist newspaper called New Era. There was Alonzo Newton, editor of the New England Spiritualist, and a mysterious woman. So always got to be one mysterious woman involved here known only as quote mary of the new dispensation oh that was her name mm-hmm. mary of the new dispensation so the creation of the motor took place in like four parts and it all started like it initiated with spear entering a superior state and it was when he was like in this trance he could dispatch the exact blueprints from the afterlife to his assistant so they could take notes. So he would just like full on trance and just start like yelling out, you know, blueprint instructions. Yeah. Um, he recorded 200, he called them revealments that detailed specific instructions concerning tools, materials, and the meticulous assembly of the motor. So this machine here was made, it totally looks like something you'd find in like a craft cocktail bar. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's or like that a, thing that the absinthe fountain or whatever the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the yeah. absinthe fountain. Yeah, yeah. Drinking these like fancy whiskey drinks. Um the machine was made from copper and zinc. Uh it was uh it was it was uh the, it was built in, with painstaking detail to follow exactly as the electricizers were directing. Mm. And this is the best part. Those spear had no scientific background or comprehensive knowledge in that area at all. His companions believed that this was actually evidence in itself that his visions were genuine. Yeah. They believed that his lack of knowledge would keep his subconscious mind from interfering with the instructions that were being transmitted to them from the spiritual world. Well, in the same way that, like, if a child that's possessed starts speaking Aramaic, that's a pretty good you know, indicator that she's actually possessed by a demon. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. I just think it's funny. It's like he has no scientific background or any real knowledge. He's perfect for building this machine. It's kind of like what a a lot of Jack Parsons uh, didn't either, you know, what's like a lot of what's, yeah, but it's also a lot of what like Trump's base thinks, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's like, no, he has no experience being a president. He's a perfect leader. Right. You know, makes sense. Mm. And this is, this is funny, too. So in addition to having limbs, like the God machine had limbs, uh, the motor had been built with its own mechanical inhalation and respiration system. Hmm. So, um, yeah. So explicit detail was given to the group as to who could actually see the engine. So a lot of people weren't, weren't even privy to seeing the engine. And only a few people were granted an audience with the machine in order to raise its level vibrations. So eventually, actually, a slight charge of electricity 
went into the machine and caused it to, to vibrate and move, mm. which convinced all of the followers that it was God. So, I mean, they, they, they're able to do it. So the best part about it is the final stage. You know, they had done some experiments. They'd done some POC testing, right. getting, getting the thing to move. Yeah. You know, final stage of the nine-month-long experiment took place June 29, 1854, and it involved a ritual in which Spear encased himself in a suit made of metal, gemstones, plates, and copper strips. It's basically like a Liberace suit. You know, at one point I was talking to like a cousin of mine that was in college, and she was like, yeah, it's about time they got um, POCs involved in this. <laughs> I'm like, proof of concepts? And she's like, people of color. I'm like, oh, all right. People of color. I've never so, heard anyone say that. Yeah, POC. Yep. Oh, all right. So there you go. That's like one step away of saying colored people. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, so he wore this Liberace suit. And then he was brought into gradual contact with the machine before slipping into a deep trance. What was the suit made of again? Metal, gemstones, plates, mm. and copper strips. So it's like an Elvis. It's like late Elvis. Kind of, yeah. Like, but it lit show. up. Yeah. Um, and almost, you remember that movie, The Running Man? Yes. Remember Buzzsaw? <laughs> he had I that awesome that suit that like lit up with lights and like it was all metal and armor. It's kind of what I'm envisioning. Uh, clairvoyants that were at the ritual reported seeing an umbilical-like cord that linked Spear's suit to the machine. Hmm. Yeah. And then through Spear, uh, the electricizers instructed that Mary of the new dispensation, because there's always got to be one weird, mysterious woman that gets naked, mm-hmm. is brought into the presence of the machine. During this time, she sprawled on the ground, experiencing labor pains for over two hours. And when the contractions finally subsided, she touched a device which promptly sprung to life. And so all the, uh, you know, the editors were, were printing headlines the next day saying, the thing moves. Mm. But over the next few days, there really weren't Would any they movements. put out a press release? Well, New Era was a spiritualist publication. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And the editors were all part of this group. Mm. Um, but yeah, there, there's, you know, over the next few days, there were no more movements. And uh, everyone was kind of like, all right, well, I don't know about this. And then they began to believe that the new motor had become conscious in a newborn stage and that the slightly imperceptible movements that were going on was due to its weakened state of infancy. So this thing was supposed to power itself, basically. Yeah, it was supposed to be yeah. like, you know, once you they gave it light, it. like Frankenstein. Yeah, you don't plug it in. <laughs> Mm. You don't just crank it up. Mm. You know, it's supposed to keep working. Mm. Um, In an attempt to comfort the machine, New Mary began providing maternal attention to it. Mm -mm. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm assuming breast milk squirting was involved. Oh, boy. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, despite the efforts of Spear, New Mary, New Mary's (laughs) breasts and the followers... Yeah. Uh, the machine uh, remained unremarkable. It didn't really ever move again. And soon enough, you know, I'm surprised he didn't fake it, like get in there and have someone get inside of it and try to move it around because eventually people lost their enthusiasm. 
I f- yeah, I feel like he was like a true earnest believer. I think you so know? too. I think anyone was... else would have faked it. Anyone else would have had a parlor trick or some shit, but or he put was a like monkey really... in it or something. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like he Barnum, was... P.T. Barnum would have faked yeah, it. Absolutely, put Trump would have Beatles faked in it. there, get him on a treadmill, something, yeah, or something. You know? Whereas he, I think he really believed he did that this guy was schizophrenic. He thought Benjamin Franklin and his group of electric, his synth pop group, the Electricizers, yeah. were telling him to build this god machine. Mm. Yeah, he'd probably be a DJ now if he was alive. Definitely would be a DJ. You know? Yeah. Um, the Electricizers suggested to Spear that he and his followers get out of High Rock. I mean, no one believed them there anymore now, and they're saying he's a fraud. So take the machine to Randolph, New York, where they advised. It would have the advantage of a lofty electrical position. Not quite sure what that means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, be lofty. Mm. So they dismantled the whole thing and they went all the way from uh, Lynn, Massachusetts to Randolph, New York. And so when he arrived, news had already spread about it. And so, you know, people were really excited to see this thing work. And so in the fall of, uh, 19, of 1853, before the machine had been fully reassembled, an angry mob of Randolph citizens broke in and destroyed it, hmm. scattered the remaining pieces, leaving nothing intact. So, I don't know. There's blames that said it was the Baptists that did it, um, you know, that provoked the conservative population, that he was a madman with his machine. Hmm. Um, unfortunately for Spear, no one was ever actually tied to the incident. So he, he published a story saying that his, you know, that the, his machine was, was destroyed and that his followers worked so hard to make this thing, but nothing ever really happened. Hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of odd. Like, so I was looking for this thing to see where this machine could possibly be. And historians have, you know, over the years have searched, couldn't find anything about it. Even like if you look through uh, the archives, uh, newspaper archives in Randolph, they never mention anything about it. So now people are saying maybe the whole mob thing was just a story. But I don't know. Uh, Spear lived for uh, you know a few decades, a couple decades later. Uh, in 1872, he claimed to have received a message from Benjamin Franklin urging him to retire from the ministry. Just his work's done. And he yeah. died in uh, 1887, the city of Philadelphia. Never rebuilt the machine that he believed would usher in the utopia. Yeah, so he died. And so no one ever really found the machine. Eighteen seven or eighteen eighty seven is the year he died. Mm. And yeah. so over the years, there are people that still I don't know about now, but over the years since then, there are people who believe in the creation of the new motor. And they 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 thought that uh Spear and his group fabricated the destruction of the machine with hopes of drawing negative attention away. So that one day after being in seclusion and gaining strength over 150 years, it's going to reveal itself to humanity in its true form. The yeah. metal Messiah, the second coming of Christ. <laughs> that needs to be like a behemoth album title. The metal Messiah. I'm pretty sure it's also, a, it's already a Styx rock opera. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Judas Priest song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that, that is what Mr. Rambada was. Um, but yeah, so uh, they, they thought that, you know, that this was all kind of a, a farce, that he, they fabricated the whole destroy, you know, destruction of the machine. Meanwhile, 
it's going to lay dormant for 150 years till it finally like arrives. Which was there be. an angry mob though? <clears throat> well, that's the thing. I don't know. Mm. I mean, mm. historians have looked into Randolph and never found any records of it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Mm. Um, I you know I looked into it. I tried did some searches. You know, painstaking research like we do here every week. Um, trying to find some evidence of the machine or anything. And I found this uh, blog by this guy named Dan Blaines, who claims that during a house clearance of an elderly lady who died with no next of kin in Greeley, Colorado, they found the God machine. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't find any, any other site to corroborate this, but he had pictures of it. And this was like six months ago, too. No, it was a year ago. It was last year. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was like yeah, yeah. July 2019 or whatever. Well, yeah, I that's guess, when he published this. But I haven't found any, I couldn't find any other uh, evidence of, of this. Mm. And what happened to the machine that they quote unquote found? Yeah, it doesn't say. Yeah. I mean, it kind of looks, I mean, it looks like the, the, the drawing, you know? The, the it does. Yeah, drawing. no, it totally does. But I mean, it could also just be like a, a production a designer or something, you know, who made it for like a TV show that they're making about him or whatever. Well, so. they, they say, or the guy in the, that did the blog said that there's a uh, brass plate that's engraved, New Motive Power, John Murray Spear. Right. So maybe that's it. I'm not sure. Hmm. Uh, this woman was, I like this, uh, this part of it in the blog. It said that Miss Ackerman of Greeley, Colorado was known locally as Old Lady Cracker Man. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Due to her eccentricity as a hoarder. <laughs> that was, Old Lady that a, Cracker Man. That a Soundgarden song? <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, mm. Yeah, so uh, I guess she, uh, when they went into the mansion, they found a drab-stained dust sheet covering a mysterious object that would baffle local antique experts. You know, I bet you we could probably call local antique experts in Greeley, Colorado and ask them about this. That's a good idea. You know, I didn't even think about that. Mm. I mean, it, it looks, yeah, it looks like some kind of steampunk type device, you know? I mean, it could be it. I'm not sure. But there you go. I think if uh, one of these religious right leaders right now came out with a little device that they said is like a coronavirus killer, like, like, you know, Howard Brown's machines, I think it would work. The Definitely. funny thing about the funny thing about these religious leaders though, you know, they disagree about the virus. You know, they disagree that they say it's a hoax, a Zionist hoax or whatever. But the one thing that they all have common ground on is the importance of fundraising. Yeah. You know, it's like they'll recommend social distancing. Even like Trump's spiritual advisor, uh, what's her name? Paula Kane, the blonde lady, she'll mm -hmm. recommend social distancing. But she and Kenneth Copeland are encouraging their followers to keep those donations rolling into the church because that's the only way to beat the coronavirus. Wow. <laughs> These people who are unemployed, who lost their jobs, who are furloughed, keep donating to the church because that, that's who needs the money. Yeah, I they hope they're donating to us. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope Come on. they all fucking die. Mm. I want to see Kenneth Copeland, I want them all to die. And then lose all their credibility. And I think the people are too, you know, I think they're too uh, blind to see through it. But I, you know, I, I think they should continue to gather. I don't think there's any way for them to lose their credibility other than like 
God showing up and be like, hey, I'm not with these guys. <laughs> yeah, right? but I mean, you can't disprove God. Yeah, but so. here they are saying that Jesus is going to cure the coronavirus. Let's keep coming in here. What if every one of their congregants got the coronavirus and died? They're in heaven. Man. Yeah, I guess they're, that's they're better I, off. I guess that's what it is. I mean, that's what should happen. But you know what, though? I think you need to, I need to think you should prove science wrong. Keep meeting, keep having services, you know, sneeze, cough, hug each other. Mm -hmm. Jesus will help you out. Yeah. You know? Anyway. All right. Uh, It's episode uh, 733 here, Sick and Wrong. We have some news stories coming up next. Uh, We have some phone calls a little later in the show. Uh, But first, uh, here's a word about our Patreon page. Do you need more sick and wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a sick and wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better sick and wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sick and wrong. So the first story we have here uh, has to do with a, this is kind of like when friend zone goes horribly awry, Mm. like a hillbilly friend zoning here. A 16 year old cowgirl was murdered by her friend who mourned her death with her family. You know, that takes some balls. You know, kill somebody and then go and uh, go to the funeral. Mm-hmm. Go probably go eat food at your uh, at your friend's house with her family. I don't think I'd be able to do that. A Nevada man has been arrested in connection to the slaying of a 16-year-old girl whose half-naked body was found wrapped in a tarp uh, near a remote desert roadway uh, in March. His name's Bryce Dickey. That guy had to have been teased. Bryce Dickey, 18 years old. He was charged with one count of open murder in the death of his high school friend, Brittany Ujlaki, who vanished from Elko, Nevada. Uh, Before his arrest, Dickey attempted to mislead investigators and Ujlaki's family by saying, by fabricating a story about a suspicious cowboy in a green pickup truck, who he said was the abductor. Although authorities have searched for the vehicle, they now believe the whole story is invented. It's kind of funny that uh, in Nevada, when you're over there, the dudes still dress as cowboys. I mean, I guess they do yes. in Texas too, in, in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, I you guess know? they do in Mexico and then in New yeah. Mexico. It's just like it's just weird. Who? Which? Who was that? Was that? Was that George Carlin that was saying like, why don't people dress as other mythical figures? Right. You know, like pirates. Hmm. And Vikings. I'm the, there's only one reason I could think of, and it's that if you're in like the desert or some shit, um, you kind of got to wear a hat, and that's the, that's the least stupid looking hat you can wear for that situation. Every yeah. other hat looks fucking awful. What are they gonna wear? Like a big. You look, every other hat is basically hat? like Gilligan. You look like fucking Gilligan. <laughs> you look like Gilligan fighting in Desert Storm. You know. What about a good. sombrero? You could do that, but then, you know. <laughs> Look like one of the three things. amigos. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. 
A cowboy hat's probably the least stupid looking hat you could wear in the sun. Yep. You know? That's right. And I guess you could get a parasol. You know, lots of, <laughs> like the goths do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So this mysterious cowboy in a green pickup truck is the guy who abducted young Brittany. Um, Dickie's story went like this. He said he, he and, he and you lucky spent three and a half hours driving around before she disappeared that afternoon. He said he dropped her off at the high school around 4 30 PM. And that's the last he saw of her before driving away. He said he saw her talking to this pretty tall man wearing a cowboy hat. He described the man as her new friend. He then saw her step inside the green Ford F-150 and drive away. Hmm. Yep. So throughout these interviews, you know, police obviously went and, you know, investigated these leads, but they found his story to be just suspicious, mainly because there are just too many inconsistencies. And that's the problem. And this guy's only 18 years old, so you just need to pick one story and stick with it. Yeah. You know, just don't change it. Just keep going. And then they have to prove you wrong. Um, But this guy, I mean, he messed up on a number of levels here. Also, video surveillance contradicted his timeline. So he said he picked her up around 1.30, but they actually show her getting into his pickup truck closer to 3.22, Hmm. almost two hours later. So there's some holes in that narrative. So Dickie initially denied having any kind of sexual relationship with a murdered teenager. However, they found a used condom near the tarp or the tarp wrapped corpse that contained both Ulaki's and Dickie's DNA. Mm. And that's what led to the arrest. So they got this kid with a condom. Why don't you flush the condom? They're out, aren't they outside? I guess, but wouldn't you yeah. do? I mean, would you just chuck it in like the, you know, in the in the wilderness? I don't know what would lead me to this situation, dude. <laughs> you know, it's hard for me to put myself in this situation. Murdering a cowgirl in the middle of yeah. the desert. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how that would ever happen. I don't know. How many times have you been friend zoned? You know, I would say at least half of them are me friend zoning myself. <laughs> you just yeah. did it yourself you brought yeah. on the friend zone so wait because you weren't into it like you weren't into the girl it's either i'm not into her or um i am into her but i know that it's that would never happen. happen so i just do it to myself and oddly enough sometimes that can backfire i mean no right it, yeah no it definitely can yeah. i mean yeah. that's the thing we've all been friend zoned Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's legitimate. Sometimes it's like, I my theory on it is you, the way that you could properly be a friend with someone. Although I've, I guess I have a couple of friends that disprove my theory. But I've always said once you get sex out of the way, then mm-hmm. you can actually be a good and you know friends. Mm-hmm. So I've had like with some friends, you know, friends that have girls, you know, friends of the opposite sex. I had, I've had some awkward drunken sexual encounters, and mm-hmm. then we both decided. Yeah, I don't think we want to do that again. And we've been friends. And that's happened a few times, but you know? yeah. But I guess I also have a couple, you know, there's a couple of friends I have that I've never had sex with, probably wouldn't right. want to. Um, but being friend zone can be incredibly frustrating to a young cowboy. This guy's <laughs> basically redneck Elliot Roger. 
Yeah. It's like a redneck. Do we know he got friend zone? Is that what happened? Well, listen to this. Okay. So he, okay, so he initially denied the sexual relationship until they found the condom. Yeah. And then uh, when they confronted him with it, he totally walked it back saying, yeah, we used to have sex all the time. Like we were really close and we'd have sex. And then Mm. the family and her friends were like, no way. There is there was never any previous sexual relationship between the pair, and she was absolutely not interested in him romantically, and mm. would tell people that all the time. She referred to him as her big brother. Right. So yeah, he was completely friend zone. Even the family knew it. Uh, the cause of death hasn't been released, um, and a motive in the killing isn't currently known either. Um, I think it has something to do with the friend zoning, if you ask me. So her mother here said that the arrest blew her away. She described Dickie as a shy cowboy kid. She said, I trusted him impeccably. The betrayal in this is unreal. It's Shakespearean level. A shy um, cowboy kid. Yeah. She's a Nevada bartender mom. So you can okay. imagine what she looks like. Mm. She'd probably kick your ass though. Yeah. Um, she said she never in a million years suspected Dickie. She brought the killer's story about the green Ford and the cowboy hook, line and sinker. She said she even consoled him at a balloon launch memorial days before the arrest. Do they know the cause of death? Like how he killed her? No, it says uh, they haven't revealed it. I see. He probably strangled her. Hmm. Um, the memory of this, uh, of her consoling the killer at the balloon launch makes her want to vomit. Hmm. I like that balloon launch. You know, I remember one thing that Wackley used to always comment on, the Mylar trash trees. You remember those? No. So it's like when somebody dies in a drunk driving accident, they put this like memorial of Mylar balloons mm-hmm. and like a couple flowers on the side of the road. So he used to call them the Mylar trash trees. But this this particular, I guess, uh, murder here, um, they kind of they did some real like, real hillbilly type memorials, like a balloon launch, and then my favorite is they did a a gun heavy desert memorial for her. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's what you get if you're like a soldier or something. So. Yeah, I guess it's the same kind of thing. You know why not? You know, she's a cowgirl. Yeah. Um, One of the uh, friends of the victim here, she said, I grabbed his cheeks and I tilted him towards me so he was looking me in my eyes. And for somebody who can sit there and betray a best friend like that, take her life, and then go and celebrate with her family Hmm. and help them look for her is a complete psychopath. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does show impaired empathy, (laughs) you know? Yeah. (laughs) Lack of remorse. Nothing is more fragile than the male ego. Fragile and dangerous. Yep. Like a platypus. A platypus, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an endangered male ego. They're dangerous. They're very poisonous, the platypus. They're poisonous? Yeah, they'll fucking kill your ass, man. They can bite you? They, yeah, they have like, um, I think their feet have little spikes in them or something, and they have like venom that, everything <coughs> in Australia will murder the fuck out of you, all right? Pri- look it up. Platypi are fucking poisonous as fuck. That's why I said I guess I never would have thought about that. Yeah. They're really weird. They're kind of like a duck rat. Yep. Or something. Yeah. That are poisonous. Mm -hmm. Huh. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, 
The self-described hippie mother here, who's the bartender, described Dickie as an evil son of a bitch. That's what he is. Hmm. Um, he did attend the Gun Desert Memorial for his, quote, sis the other day, two days after a body was found. And I guess in this video, it shows a bunch of armed teenage boys with boots and cowboy hats just brandishing an arsenal of pistols and semi-automatic rifles at a dusty dirt road, just shooting gunshots into the air. Mm. That's not, I mean, can you get any more American than that, you know? You can't. It's American to me. Apparently, they met each other through a local rodeo group in middle school. Got a rodeo group. Can you imagine if your high school had that? I mean, I can if it was like in fucking Arizona. Yeah, I guess we're, you know, people a lot of people that. grow up in Arizona. It's just, you know, like Nevada whatever. or whatever. Yeah, I'd go to the fucking rodeo. Why not? They I'd got be clowns. A, yeah, I would be a rodeo seen. clown. Mm. <laughs> Tough clown. Um, the team's family and friends attested that the pair's friend, the pair's friendship was purely platonic, and Yulaki wanted to keep it that way. They never dated. They were never intimate. Nor did they have any kind of chemistry whatsoever. Her nickname mm. for Dickie was Big Brother. He must have loved that nickname. You act like Michigan is such a cosmopolitan place or something. <laughs> I, you know, they didn't really have, I don't think they had a rodeo there. Yeah. But they got like they county did. fairs and fucking Oh, no, they definitely had. Fucking, oh, no. You know what it you know, was? You know what they had yeah. in Michigan? Derbies, mm. like cars right. crashing into each other. Okay. That was the that thing. That is better. I'd rather go to that than a rodeo, honestly. You know? Yeah, I think rodeos are kind of like circuses, aren't they? Don't they like hurt animals? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I think I'd rather yeah. see them hurt cars and each other. Mm. Actually, I don't know if they hurt them. I, I, I'm hoping they don't like do bullfights like they do in Spain. Yeah, but they like mm. lasso fucking calves and shit. I think they just do that on any ranch. It's how they. Don't, okay, don't yeah. they have to like put something on the bull's testicles to make him buck like that? I have no idea. I thought they did. Well, I thought a they put ring, like barbs like a on it. Ring. Yeah, like a bull cock ring. Oh. I think. I don't I mean, know. Cock rings aren't that bad. I could tell you that much. <laughs> you know? Maybe one with like barbs on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not good. Or wait, am I thinking of what they do for uh, cock fighting? You're thinking of a, of a Catholic cock ring. A Catholic cock ring, yeah. Yeah, that's got the barbs on it. <laughs> with extra guilt. Uh-huh. Um, mm. I, I guess on one occasion, though, Dickie admitted to Yulaki that he had a crush on her and she repeatedly turned him down. I mm. want to see what this guy looks like. I mean, he must be like a goofy looking cowboy. He's probably like the short cowboy, kind of fat, mm. bad acne. Um, so yeah, so I think this is like a friend zone thing gone awry. Um, his, uh, the 16 year old cowgirl apparently loved cattle drives, horse riding, mm. ranch work. Uh, her family described her as a flippin' firecracker. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, she also liked uh, TikTok music, particularly country and reggae, and hanging out with her friends. Yeah. I've so, done a lot of ranch work, but only in Zelda games. <laughs> <laughs> does that count? I think it kind of I don't does. know if it counts. I'm not sure. Did you it ride should. a horse around in The Witcher? What's that? Did you ride a horse around in The Witcher? Well, yeah, I ride a horse around. But in Zelda, it's like you got to tame horses. You got to get milk from the cows. 
You got to do a whole bunch of shit. You know, you got to gather chickens and there's all sorts of things you got to do. Never understood how that's fun mm. in real life or virtually. How is it's that great. fun? It's great. It's not fun. Mm. Like I'd rather go kill people or something with like a, like a Grand Theft Auto type thing. Okay. But that's just me. Mm. Um, it just all seems like work. So Dickey made his first appearance in Elko County Courthouse this past Friday. He was assigned a public defender. He's not representing himself. Uh, the 18-year-old does not have a uh, prior criminal history. Uh, they're going to go for uh, if, if uh, prosecutors can, can prove that it was premeditated, he's probably going to face a death penalty, which pleases Yulaki's family. Mm. Um, the mother says, he belongs in prison. I hope one day the evil that lies in his soul faces him head on. Mm -hmm. She obviously doesn't realize that once he's executed, that evil is probably going to become electricity through yeah. his pact he made with Satan. That's he's right. going to come back as evil electricity, and then they're all fucked. Like an Ernest goes to jail. <clears throat> is that I was thinking Wes Craven's shocker, but did that oh, happen? Okay. Ernest goes to jail. Yeah, he got <laughs> executed, and then it didn't kill him. It just made him like an electric fucking Superman. What? Dude, that's the story of Wes Craven's shocker. Look, I, it happened, man. Look when it did up. that come out? It was like it must have been like 1990 or something. Yeah, they like totally that? they were totally doing a parody of Shocker. Mm. That's hilarious. Yeah, I haven't been keeping up with my Ernest movies. Did they ever make a porno version of that? I don't think so. Huh. I don't know why anyone would want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They make a porno version of everything these days. Right. Anyway, what do you what do you have here for the second story? All right. Fence charge man with intentionally derailing train near USNS Mercy. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Didn't work out. <laughs> didn't quite work yeah, out. I don't know where time. you're going with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's an off day for me, you know? Yeah. Kind of Harry Nilsson-like, though. Mm. I can see that. But like his shittier second. Yeah, his album, shittier. You know? His, like, shittier, yeah. like, late 70s records. Yeah. Um, meow, meow, meow. So prosecutors charged a locomotive engineer who worked at the Port of Los Angeles with intentionally derailing a train at full speed near the Navy hospital ship Mercy because of suspicions over its activities surrounding COVID-19. You know, I think uh, incidents like this are going mm. to be happening much more frequently next few oh, yeah. weeks. Because, you know, it's, it's weird. Like, I, we were talking about this earlier, but, you know, I was looking for crime stories mm. to do on the show, and there's not that many because crime's down. Yeah. Like, crime rates are plummeting because everyone's at home. However, I think there's going to be more of these types. I think there's going to be more like murder-suicide, like domestic violence, murder-suicide yes. type things because they can't take their families anymore. Hmm. And the other thing, it's going to be people that are just so deluded from conspiracy theories that they're going to try to drive a train into a boat. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of <laughs> murder-suicides in which uh, tr a train tries to kill a boat and then kills itself. Wasn't that in that Andrew Lloyd Webber musical you were telling me about? Yeah, uh, yeah Starlight, Starlight Express. Express. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. wait to see that. Eduardo Moreno, 44, of San Pedro, California, was charged with one count under a little-known train-wrecking statute that carries a maximum sentence of 20 years 
uh, yeah. So. Train wrecking statute. Like you mm-hmm. can't wreck a train. You can't wreck a train. All right. Yeah, it's a federal crime. So that's noted. Uh huh. Um. Dee, 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 dee. Yeah, Moreno, who's hold, held overnight, was turned over to FBI agents Wednesday morning. He was expected to make an initial appearance in federal court Wednesday afternoon. Prosecutors claim he ran the train off the tracks. It crashed through a series of barriers before coming to rest more than 250 yards from the Mercy um, in an incident that was captured on video. <laughs> so he sounds like a shitty train fucking engineer. Well, did you see a, a shot, like a photo of how far away the train was from the actual boat? Yeah. Like, there's no way unless he could somehow get it to fly. It says 250 yards. Yeah, there, there's, no, yeah. there's no way he's going to do it. Mm. I think I also did this in a Zelda game. <laughs> there was a Zelda game where you're like, you're, you're driving a ghost train around the country. That's how you get around. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, what, what job? Do they make you do every job in that game? <laughs> they do. Train engineer, ranch yeah. hand. You're like a boat, uh, you know. Gynecologist. Boat, pilot, boat captain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so although the train leaked fuel oil, which required cleanup by firefighters, no one was hurt. Uh, so wait, the train, was it, was it just a commercial train? Like there's no, nothing on it? Yeah, like, no it was going to the port, so it was oh, okay, yeah, like yeah. a fucking, yeah. Train to carry industrial shit. So, so you only got you only get this chance once. The whole world is watching. I had to. People don't know what's going on here. Now they will. What do you think he was listening to? Lose Mom's yourself. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> you Mom's get sweaty. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta take. You know. You gotta take advantage. This opportunity, of the opportunity once in a lifetime. Yeah. Um, Mom spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, Moreno <laughs> also told, uh, allegedly told the California Highway Patrol officer a chip, if you will. Hmm. Um, that's what he told the chip after he was arrested. Chips. Yeah. So the chip officer who witnessed Punch? the crash took the other guy. Uh, oh, John. Yeah. 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 Not Poncho. Took Moreno into custody. Uh, told authorities that he saw the train which is used to haul shipping cargo, smashed through a barrier at the end of the tracks before it drove through several obstacles, including a steel barrier and a chain-link fence. Man. It slid through one parking lot and another filled with gravel and smashed into a second chain-link fence. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Wow. And so wait, what did he think was on the boat? That he was trying to destroy, like the Juminati or something? Like, what was on the boat? Well, let's get to that, because that's okay. a confusing thing. Because at first when I read it, I'm like, wait a minute, a hospital ship? That sounds suspicious. Because I didn't know there were... Ho- I didn't know... Yeah, they have one in New York. Yeah. But, like, what do you... How, you can't do, like, surgery on a hospital. What are you going to do? You're going to be... It's going all over the joint, you know? I think it was right? just... Isn't it the idea that there's extra hmm. beds for people with respirators? Oh, is that it? I, th- I think, or maybe what mm. they're doing is it's really just spraying coronavirus everywhere from the boat. Clouds <laughs> of coronavirus. Hooray. <laughs> Got to destroy the boat. Yeah. You only mm. get one shot. You only- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Mom's spaghetti. 
what yeah. the song's about. So, um, uh, the affidavit. Where, where is this fucker? God, they're repeating the the quote. They repeat the quote twice in this fucking article. The affidavit said um, Moreno, who waived his right to speak to an attorney. Uh, admitted in two post-arrest interviews that he intentionally ran the train off the track because he wanted to bring attention to the government's activities regarding COVID-19. Hmm. And he was suspicious of the mercy. I he just said, wonder, like, oh, okay. He said that he did it, and he was suspicious of the mercy and believed it had an alternative purpose related to COVID-19 or a government takeover. <laughs> You know, that's mm. you see posts on Facebook. I follow a guy who mm. used to be this, his name's Merkley, and he used mm. to be this like hip art guy, like photographer art guy. I think he was a trust funder personally. But mm. this hip art guy in uh, San Francisco, you'd see him around town. He always was like hanging out with hot girls because he'd take photos of them. Mm. But now he's turned into a crazy conspiracy theorist guy. Yeah. And so. All of his posts are about how the government forcing people to be in their home. Meanwhile, they're militarizing society and they're planning on taking over. And this is how they do it with this fake virus. Is he a Trump person? He's, you know, the guy says he's a liberal or not mm. liberal, libertarian, mm. but he's definitely very pro-Trump. You can yeah, tell. That's, yeah. Oh. Libertarian is not what it used to mean. No, it totally isn't. Yeah. Um, the mer libertarian means you're like you're a right wing conspiracy theorist, but you still don't want to be completely ostracized by people. <laughs> you know, you don't want to be ostracized by your like creative friends. You're basically so, you're basically QAnon. Yeah, but yeah, but yet you, you still don't want to get invited know, you, to stuff. You yeah. still want to go hang out with some Democrat friends, yeah, yeah. the liberal friends. You still want to get invited to costume karaoke or whatever the fuck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Online role, Zoom role-playing, you know? Zoom bombing. Yeah. Uh, the Mercy is stationed in Port of Los Angeles to help cope with the crisis, but Moreno, 44, told law enforcement officers after the incident that he is suspicious of it. Uh, the attorney's office adds that the video footage from inside the locomotive shows that at the time of the crash, crash Moreno was in the cab holding a lighted flare. Uh, why? Um, I don't know. How did he survive that? He drove it off the rails. I mean, I guess if you hang on, you're fine. You know? I guess. Would you think it, it would smash into a steel barrier? I mean, you you could fucking land a, a crash a plane. Sometimes people survive. My God, I think man. guess that's true. Yeah. Um, he did it out of desire to wake people up. Make them woke, you know? Yep. And, um, yeah, he acted alone and had not planned the attempted attack, clearly. Well, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's quite clear. Yeah. Um, he said he knew derailing and crashing the train would bring media attention and people could see for themselves. That he's an insane person. Mercy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why wouldn't he just try to put bombs on the boat? I don't think it'd be that difficult to get on it. Well, because he drives a train, so he's already got access to a train. How are you going to sneak okay. onto a, you know, my God, what are you, I bet what you it would be that hard. Solid snake. 
You're gonna you're gonna do the scuba gear and go up, and climb, climb up, up a rope. Yeah, the I fuck? bet you could just walk. On, I bet you can go to Long Beach right now and just walk on one of those boats. What are you, one of the frogmen that fights Johnny Quest? <laughs> Come on. Crazy. Well, I I don't think it's any crazier than I'm gonna drive a train into this boat. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's, whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> you, you, it's interesting. You, know, you only get one shot. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, I think, didn't this what happened in one of the Fast and Furious movies? A train? They had to. I mean, how many movies have, the, have they had so far? Like eight. They had the I, one yeah, where somebody know. fucking drives a train off a bridge and it lands on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> that absolutely <laughs> happened. All right? Yeah, I've never actually seen a, a single Fast and Furious movie. I haven't either. Yeah. Is it Vin Diesel either. in those? Yep. Huh. And Ro- Ro- not Rosie Perez. The guy who's that the died. One? No, who's the other one who's a lesbian? What's her name? But she's Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, you have Rosie O'Donnell. She's in them too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that sex scene with Vin Diesel. Ooh. Oh my God, mm. smoking. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not as hot. I like her. Yeah. Um, I would. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to wake people up. Ba 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 be. And uh, faces federal charge of one count of train wrecking. He said that. Train wrecking. Uh, yeah, 20 years. The fr- Cat's being a fucking jerk over there. The freight locomotive was operated uh, by Pacific Harbor Line. And uh, it has a, the, be- the boat, the Mercy, has a thousand beds to relieve pressure on hospitals that are struggling to cope with patients. It's a it former oil tanker. Oh, it's a front for sure. It's definitely. Well, look, if you were like sick and the hospital is like, we don't have room for you. We want you to go on this boat. Would there be any <laughs> way in hell you would do that? Yeah. Would you be like, where are you going to take me on? The yeah. Boat? Okay. Uh, just to the, you know, where we dump the garbage yeah. in the middle of the ocean. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, nah, you know what? I'll take my chances in the fucking underground homeless city. Yeah, please. <laughs> like, fuck that. Who's getting on a boat? I mean, I, I, I don't distrust boats to the point of driving a train into them, but I ain't fucking getting on. No yeah, way. I, I wouldn't be Absolutely getting on that not. boat. I wonder if like when th- things like this like occur, when someone tries to drive a train into a boat, do you think like Alex Jones was like, that was a good try? Like, do you think like InfoWars are like, you know, my hat's off to this guy. Infowars is very careful about which conspiracy theorists they back. No. <laughs> they generally tend to not back the ones who get arrested. Oh, okay. So yeah. they'd probably be like, I never told them to do- let me just say I said it yeah. was a bad idea to drive a train into these medical yeah. boats. <laughs> just to just to tell well, you. Let me say when I say something needs to be done about stopping <laughs> these boats, I didn't mean driving a train near it off yeah. the tracks. That's that's not what I meant by that. But you don't trust put the a boats. P- you could have just put a penny on the tracks. Yeah. Something. And then boom. Anyway. Wow. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more articles like that coming out. Mm. As people are, you know, quarantined, as, as the, you know, the, the supply of toilet paper dwindles, and sanity will ensue. I feel bad for the uh, steampunk, um, crusty punks. The crusty steampunks that were, uh, chose that day to ride the rails on that train. Ooh, yeah, the ho- yeah. think about the hobos. I know. I wonder how many hobos died. Mm. They're the true victims here. 
They are. Yep, you can't forget about the hobos. Uh, people send your stories, gmail.com. We have some phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032 is that number. Uh, but real quick, here's a word from Adam and Eve. to your sex life, go to adamandeve.com. You'll get 50% off your purchase, free shipping, two adult DVDs, and a product so sensual, we can't even mention it on this podcast. No, no. Just type the coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. So we got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is that number. Remember to keep it under three minutes. We've been getting a lot of calls, Harrison. Hmm. I think people are just bored. Yeah. And they're at home. And, they're, and they don't have any friends. So I think a lot of them are like, I'm going to call sick and wrong. Because a lot of them are like, hey, that sounds like Harrison. Yeah. If he has any advice on how to deal with that. <laughs> so anyway... Uh, we have, we've been getting a lot of calls. Try to play them all. Any of the overflow will be played on Patreon. Um, this first call here is from uh, the coronavirus itself calling oh. us. Yeah. Hello, Dean Harrison. This is the coronavirus. Did you know that's what it sounded like? Yes. <laughs> a chipmunk? It speaks, yeah. <laughs> like Alvin? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, Here. well, here's yeah. Alvin the coronavirus. I'm calling into your show to squash some fake rumors that have been spread about me. I am not a Chinese bioweapon. I did not come into being by some guy eating a bat. The only way the coronavirus can be spread is through infected feathers. If you or anyone you know is in possession of feathers, please do not tickle feet or ears. Please destroy them immediately. Over and out. I knew where that was going. There you go. Hilarious. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure you love that one. Yeah. <laughs> Feathers causing the coronavirus. Mm. It's too know. bad. It's too bad they don't have, you know. It's too bad they don't need writers on Jimmy Kimmel. You know? <laughs> this guy should really <laughs> step up. I think he could do it. He could be on the late show, the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um all right. Well, thank you there. I'll um, duly noted. Mm-hmm. Uh, next call we have here is a two-parter from uh, none other than Tickle Girl. Tickle ah, yes. Girl. The TG. Hi, Harrison. Hi, D. Uh, this is uh, Tickle Girl, I guess, is my moniker now. Mm. And I thought mm-hmm. I would change it up this time and tell you a story about why you don't have sex with your coworkers, alternately titled, why you don't shit where you eat. Hmm. So this happened uh, a while ago. You ever have uh, sex with a coworker? I'm trying to remember. 
I know. I was just thinking about that. God, I don't, I don't know. think the strip club counts. No, it does count. All Absolutely right. Well, then, counts. yes, I did. Yeah. But in an office, I only had sex with. Uh, I had sex with one girl in an office in Chicago. I worked at this industrial yeah. supply company. She was a like an aspiring female weightlifter. It was weird. Hmm. She was very like, like firm. Hmm. You know, she wasn't like hugely muscular with like an elongated clitoris, but she was like very cut. It was weird, but she was hot. That's the only I, time. Look, I, I'd, I'd be all over that. You know, <laughs> zap. Remember, yeah. remember that American Gladiator chick, Zap. Was that her name? I thought her name was Laser. No, it was Zap. Okay. But she, she didn't look like Zap. Although I would probably still fuck Zap. Oh yeah. You know. Anyway, it's a dangerous, uh, it's, you know, it's a dangerous uh, thing to do. I don't think I ever have. You know, I don't think I ever have. It's risky. Mm. I think it's risky. Mm. Although people get married at their offices, you know, lots of, mm. that happens often. Yeah, I mean, now I could see it being feasible just because, you know, whatever. Like, but in New York, you, there was no need for that. No, definitely not. Because it's just online dating. It's just like there's more women than men and what? Boom! It's just yeah. you're there. But to. I think what happens is, don't haven't you heard the term uh, "my work husband"? Yes. You know, it's like you end up developing a, a close relationship with like a you know female coworker, and next thing you know, go out for drinks. You end up that's fucking. That's not what a work husband is, really. Dave. Well, that's what they say because they've been that, their friends are you. That's not what. It's, <laughs> yeah, their friends are. It's like a it's like a guy who's like their work husband, and it's usually women who are in a committed relationship already. But they just have a close relationship with a male coworker that they don't sleep with. That's what a work husband is. I know, but I'm saying you get drunk, mm. and mm. they're at the office Christmas party. Next thing you know, stuff can happen. I guess it does happen, and it's dangerous because then uh, you know, cause some complications in your life. I think it's just better to avoid it. Mm-hmm. You know. I was going to the University of Kentucky. I. Uh, Worked at Meyer, the supermarket chain. That, I didn't know they had Meyer. Like there. just barely nicer than Walmart. And I the had Meyer. went through some shit, so I was going through a downward spiral when I got this job. And during the time I had this job, and up until I was fired from this job. What did she say before the downward spiral? She said she was what with shit. I think she was just going through some shit. Oh, okay, going. And led her to go into a downward spiral. Right. Started for some context. Um, so that time, at that time, I was uh, what one would call a frat rat, which means a yacht rock, a prog rock. Oh, a prog rock. That's weird. <laughs> I don't know what she said. <laughs> I'm gonna rewind that. Yeah. Uh, what one would call a frat rat, which means God damn it, woman. I don't even know. She was like off mic when she said a that. Rock, was, rock? Yeah, a like rock a fraggle rock. rock. A fraggle rock. That's what she is. Fraggle as a rock. I would. Uh, <laughs> I went to a lot of fraternity parties. I fucked and fucked a lot of fraternity guys. Wait, a Ugh. frat slut? Is that what she was saying? She must have said that. A frat slut. God, why would you this, do that? I'm way turned off by this woman. <laughs> turned on by her. I'm just like. <laughs> What your yeah. name isn't Brant, and you're not part yeah. of Pi Beta <laughs> Kappa Chad. Chad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at Lambda Lambda Lambda. Mm. 
God. Why? Well, I, I guess it depends on the type of school you go to. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's like a big frat school, maybe that's what you do in in University of Kentucky. Or at least tell me it was Hillel. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, which it was fine. You know, they're kind of dicks, but not all of them, I guess. I'm still friends with some of them, anyway. Uh, they're probably the type of guys that had like a six foot bong. Mm. You ever see that? Frat guys love to have like six foot sure. bongs. Yeah. As if you need that. That mm. I worked with one of these guys, and for some godforsaken reason, I just really wanted to sleep with him. I don't know why. He sucked, as uh, this story is about to show. But anyway, I ended up at a party at his fraternity's party and going back to his place where people were partying. And I remember having sex with him and then kind of waking up in his bed. And his friend woke me up and was like, hey, Matt says you got to get out of here. And I was like, whatever. I was drunk. So I went home. And then. (laughs) Wait a second. She goes back to this guy's frat house, has Mm. sex with a guy. She wakes up, guy's not there, and there's another guy saying like, oh, hey, yeah, you got to go. Isn't that weird? Not for college, you know? Yeah, but it's just kind of weird. Because it'd be like, oh, there's the guy. Let's get the guy who doesn't care about what anybody thinks to tell our one-night stands to leave. (laughs) So is that like the funny fat guy's job? Yeah, I think this is like the John Belushi of the house. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he's like shoving food in his mouth. Yeah. He's just like, you gotta go. Smash a guitar (laughs) over her head. I texted the friend that had woke me up the next day and was like, hey, what happened last night at Matt's house? I don't really remember a whole lot because I drank way too much because I'm dumb. It's called date rape. (laughs) Um,. And he said, well, he said, you guys are having sex. And he started to smell something. And then he uh, just kind of left and had me kick you out. And I was like, oh, that's great. So then he told everybody that I had a smelly pussy and told everyone I worked with that I had a smelly pussy. (laughs) And he's a dick. So that's why you don't fuck your coworkers, kids. Keep it sick and wrong. Wow. Oh, I thought it. um... Okay. That's why you don't fuck your coworkers' kids, guys. You know, don't do it. <laughs> she um, must have had a very odorous pussy for it to smell that bad. For that's you not amazing. To, like, do yeah, that. I, I assumed like she shit herself. Or that's, something. That's I what totally was. thought that yeah. she had shit the bed, mm. you know, or or shit herself, mm. just wasted having sex. I don't know. It's got to be like crazy town. You yeah. Know, that's for, yeah. God, I mean, I've I've been with one girl. Mm-hmm. That had like a, you know, a very strong feminine odor, mm-hmm. if I should say. I still did it. I mean, you're yeah. still naked and she's still yeah. hot. It smells yeah. strong. I'm just not going to go down there. Right. And where it smells stronger. Yeah. You know, but this guy, this frat boy has standards. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty weird, though, that it's like. She's got a rotten pussy smell, so he's done. So he leaves the room, and then he gets the funny fat guy to be like, you got to get her out of here, okay? You know what's always good for a laugh? After you have sex, and then you're kind of sitting there or whatever, and then your cat jumps on the bed and smells the part the part of the bed where you just had sex, 
and then opens its mouth like Ugh! like a hairball comes happened. out no but you know how cats smell with when, when they smell strong odors they Ugh. open their mouth to smell it better Ugh. what that's gross what's gross it's gross that your cat would be smelling your sex smell all a lot of cats do that that's why you lock them out of the room. I don't they even smell weird in. smell. You know, they smell weird smells. Do you lock Risk out when you're uh, having sex? No. She's usually hanging out under the bed. Does she watch? She's under the bed. Oh. Unless she's We'd... got surveillance that I don't know about. Uh, you know. I remember Hecubus used to mm. just jump on my back. Yeah. Totally, totally. kill it. It would kill mm. the mood. Mm. Uh, but now I, I lock them out for that reason. Right. I don't want them to smell my semen. Anyway, she calls back with a part two. Hi, Tickle Girl again. I kind of rushed to finish my last message because I felt like I was about to go over three minutes. But just to clarify a couple things. Um, yeah, so... I don't have a smelly pussy, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, I like Eminem. told everybody I worked with that my pussy smelled bad. And I was very depressed and going through a lot at the time. So it could have been true because I was not showering with regularity. Um, and I was a, a budding dirt bag. I didn't know quite yet how to hide what a piece of shit I am like I know now. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's... God. So I guess if you're, if you're not showering regularly, is it necessarily your pussy that smells? Oh, is that what she said? Why yeah, she, smell? Oh. Yeah, she said that she was depressed and she just didn't shower on oh. a regular basis. Oh, I thought she said she was depressed because they said she had a smelly pussy. Well, no, I think that that she definitely was, exacerbated okay. the depression. But she I was see. saying like during that time, she really didn't shower very often. Yeah. So that might be a uh, part of it. Hmm. The only thing I wanted to clarify is that... that yeah, just don't don't shit where you eat, because then your coworkers can put you on blast about your shitty personal hygiene, and then you know it makes you want to die even more. Lesson learned: keep it sick, keep it wrong. Love ya, bye, daddies. <laughs> don't steal other people's fucking taglines, please. Yeah, <laughs> you know, demeans us all. Yeah, no. Jeez. Soon we're gonna have like. Bonerville yeah. and calling and being like, hey, daddies. Yeah. I play the sock market. Do you yeah. suck? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. That That's weird. That's weird to be a coworker or someone. And then you have somebody say like, oh, she's got a smelly pussy. And then do you, do you make a nickname for her up like at work? Like tuna pussy or something? I, I probably just would be like, I don't even want to know that. Yeah. Tuna Town. Tuna Town. Like, Big mm. Tuna over here. Mm. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> BT. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was I also know. thinking, I think there's only been maybe like three short periods of my life when I wasn't in a downward spiral. Like I'm just always in a downward spiral. I don't think I've known you when you haven't been spiraling. You haven't. Yeah. You haven't, yeah. So, so that, that means that that's normal for you. Mm -hmm. So if you Absolutely weren't in a downward normal. spiral, it'd be weird. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, yeah no, when people are like, oh, this period I was in a downward spiral, I'm like, that's an alien to me. You yeah. know what I would have done if I was that girl? Mm. 
I would be like, yeah, this guy brought me back to his 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 apartment, and I was really drunk. Mm. So I don't know what exactly happened here. I don't know what he did. And right. then I would just try to like insinuate that this guy's a vile, predatory creature. Because mm. I mean, well, she this, could easily this might have been before me too. Harvey Weinstein, yeah, maybe. But I mean, she easily could have destroyed this guy's reputation. Right. That being said. It's also a good idea to it doesn't shower. Doesn't change the, you know. No, it's a good idea to shower. But it would be a, a good way basis. to bring everybody down with you. Yeah, which you know? I always recommend. That's what I'm saying. Scorched Earth mm. policy. That's right. Anyway, uh, thank you for sharing Tickle Girl. I always enjoy hearing from her. She's got some good stories. Mm. And uh, I hope you are, uh, you know, adhering to regular personal hygiene schedule. It's important these days. Um, especially these days of quarantine. I've noticed I haven't been showering every day. Do you? No. I, actually, I, I've been showering more than, than I you do do. normally. Yeah. When I got to go to an office, I'm mm. like, people have to smell me and I'm self-conscious about it. So I'll shower. Like I'll take a shower in the morning, wakes me up and I do it. Now it's like, I'm like, fuck it. I'm a like, writer. Cats don't so give a shit. expect very little of me at work. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, you're right. So, yeah. <laughs> do you go like weeks without showering? No, no. <laughs> but like once a week isn't that abnormal for me, you know? <laughs> All right. I shower more than once a week right okay. now, okay? Yeah. All I right. do too. Yeah. No, I'm really picking it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next call we have here is from, uh, the, remember these two, these two benders, the Greb Commander and the Greb Cadet? I remember the Greb Commander. I don't know who the fucking cadet is. I, I don't know. It's just something... Yeah. It's like the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Yeah, I, I think he like he... is the father of yeah. uh, the grip yeah. cadet. Anyway, yes. they have two stories. Hmm. Also, stories from university. Hey there, Dean Harrison. It's the grip commander here. I just fired calls. It's been a while since I last called any of you guys. I just want to start this call of an apology. You know, I've been hitting both Dean Harrison pretty hard in the last couple of calls. You know, I saying that. Dee's snivelly and unlikable and sort of just unpleasant and Harrison well just ragging on his feather addiction really but <laughs> tickle tickle yeah yeah but anyway I want to take all that back now you know it's it's not right as if we care you know I mean I'm I'm uh, I don't know I I yeah. know quite well that I've the been level unpleasant of this for a long time required like if I ever saw him in person. Honor would demand that I just physically attack him. <laughs> That's how I feel. And people are like, would oh, you have a duel? it's funny. It's like, I never forget. I never forget these things. Take and I'm that like, to heart there, Greb Commander. Yeah. So. And our next meetup Better in London. Hope you never see me. I really like you guys and you don't deserve the fuck you get. So please let me just offer this this sort of peace offering. And I've, I've got a sick and wrong story I'll that take we it. can I'll all hopefully it. enjoy a little bit. So. I was in the bar a couple of weeks ago, uh, having some pints after work, and I ran into a girl I used to know from college, and we were sort of reminiscing, you know, and she was just chatting to me, and we, we started talking about this one girl we knew from school who was like, you know, you can always tell they're going to be a wreck, really, just they're smoking when they're like 13, drinking when they're 14, etc., etc. She was telling me this story about this girl, we'll call her... I thought Clarence. that was everyone in Europe. Maybe times have changed. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Jesus. no. Do they ever stop drinking in Europe? Yeah, but like normally, they yeah, they smoke at 13. They drink at fucking 14. What the yeah, fuck? isn't it? That's you how know? you do Drinking it. Drinking age is only 18. 
What are you yeah. talking about? Clarence was just in this horrible, shitty pub bar. It's sort of like a Weatherspoon's on a club that you put me in for you, but they're really awful anyway, really awful. So Clarence is in the toilet uh, after eight, probably eight or nine double Bacardi and Cokes. Feeling a bit, everything's got a bit pear-shaped. She's feeling a bit horrible. She's in the toilets and this horrible 70-year-old bloke approach, so let's call him Terry. So Terry says to Clarence, like, you know, do you fancy a bit? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I do fancy a bit. So the so- Wait a second. What's going on in this story? Have you followed this at all? No, I haven't been following it. Yeah, no, it's like an episode of Westworld. I'm yeah. so confused. <laughs> so she, he meets her, a friend that he went to uni with. Yeah. They're talking about another girl. She goes to the bathroom, and apparently it's a unisex bathroom, and there's a guy that's in there. It's like, would you fancy a bit? A bit of what? Yeah, what does that mean? I don't even know. Is he going to mm. give her some blow or something? Mm. Maybe. I'm so confused. Mm. We'll see. Rutting like rabbits in the, the dirty toilet cube. Oh, wait. Fancy a bit. Like, you fancy a shag. Oh. And so they were rutting. What? Does that, is that I how I thought you meant like a bit gag, but, you know. <laughs> mm. Okay. Is that how it works? You just walk into, like, an in English pub. You walk into the bathroom and be like, fancy a bit. And next thing you know, you just according banging to the, her in the stall. According to the show, skins. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm. With like probably shaking the cute and everything, and apparently when the deed's almost done and he's about to shoot into her guts, apparently leans closer into her ear and goes, "You're younger than my kids." So he climaxes and finishes anyway. And kind of sound like my dad there. It was weird. Mm-mm. I don't know what happens there. Uh, apparently, he sort of wipes his knob with a bit of toilet roll, then hands her 50 quid for her troubles. Uh, anyway, fast forward a couple of weeks, Fuchs later. Wait, he paid her? She was a prostitute? Was she? Wow. All right, I guess that makes mm. sense. She was... was she a prostitute? Well, if he's given her 50 pounds for it. This might be one of those situations where somebody gives, you know what I mean? Like, if I have sex with somebody and they give me money, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. It depends. It depends I mean, on maybe the one guy, sense of honor and whatever. Or maybe you know? the guy assumed she was a prostitute. That might be. By how she dressed. Yeah. You know? Hmm. Turns out that this guy's actually got a pregnant. Um, she tries. Yes, yeah, so the seed was potent. It wasn't spilled to all. I went to the vision. Uh, Wait, so this guy hmm. meets a girl. How old in is the this bathroom. guy? He's got to be 40 or something? Yeah, he says, like, you're, old enough, you're younger than my kids. Oh, okay. He meets this girl in the bathroom. he didn't start with that. That he assumes is a prostitute because mm. he pays mm. her, and he fucks her without a condom and blows his load inside of her. Mm. Mm. That's an Englishman. Yeah. He, she found out because she tried a pregnancy kit, and then to actually get rid of the baby, she just went out and got really, really pissed and fucked off her head and... It all flushed out, so everything was okay in the end there. I didn't know that works. <laughs> that works? Would you just go and get really drunk, and that just like, I don't know, incites an abortion or something? Instigates an abortion? I've never heard of that. I mean, I've understood. I've heard the whole, like, I'm going to get you drunk and take you roller skating. Mm. But you got to be at least six months pregnant for that to work. Mm. Man. I've never really heard about this English right. abortion technique. Yeah. 
Right, well, that's probably enough anyway. It's a pretty sick and wrong story, and I just thought you guys would like to know. But you guys keep it sick and wrong. See you later. I like how he's like, yeah, this happened to a friend of mine. Come on. Right. I know what happened there, Grip Commander, mm-hmm. GC. All right, well, thank you for that uh, story that happened to your friend. Um, I'm uh, hoping you're not a father now. It doesn't sound like it. Mm. Anyway, uh... Moving on, the great. Wait, but but it's UK. Aren't fucking abortions free for fuck's sake? Yeah, I think she just like didn't want to even deal with the NHS. She's like, fuck oh, it. Oh wow. I'm just gonna just abort it, just the you know the old fashioned way hmm. down at the pub. Yeah. You know, that's how they used to do it back in the day. Hmm. Um. So Greb Cadet calls in with another story from uh from uni. Different person. It's a different person. Okay. But he's also, I think he was in the background of that Greb Commander call. Great. Yeah. Hi, Dean Harrison. This is the Greb Cadet in allegiance to the Greb Commander. Um, I've got a bit of a story from a few years ago when I was at uni. Uh, in my second year, I was just sharing with a few, a few of my mates from first year. Uh, one night, a few of us decided to go for a night out. I had a really good night. Loads to fucking drink. I had a minging takeaway, so obviously in the morning feeling really hungover and the taker is repeating on you so as you expect waking up wait wait they're gonna get like cheeky nandos or something is that what you said what's cheeky nandos i don't know it's that one that they call in where it's like a kebab place that gives everybody diarrhea okay is that what happened here okay sure this guy kind of sounds like martin freeman Mm, yeah bilbo in the morning being really fucking sick and shitting your guts out. Let's see, about 20 minutes later, after I've sicked all, all the bile out of my stomach and Flippet. shat my guts out, Flippet. fucking stinks. I'm, I'm, I'm sat there, my stomach's like turning and making horrible noises. And suddenly I just hear, doo, 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 at the front door, I'm like, oh, I ain't fucking answering that, I'm glued to the bog right now. It keeps going, banging away. And I'm like, I ain't fucking answering that. So I shout down my flat, here, hey, Joe, you answer that. And he's, he tells me to fuck off. Seconds later, we hear the bang, back door banging. I'm like, who the fuck's wanting to get in? And then suddenly the, the back door and the front door banging consecutively. Like, the fuck's happening here? It's like a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. You know? Like Lockstock or something. <laughs> so my flatmate, he gets up, he opens the door, and there's two fucking policemen at the front door. The fuck is that and then noise? He, to, he opens the back door. With the guy in the background yeah. belching. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They like do calls with each other. Like that's a thing that they do. It's like Brokeback Mountain over there. But Great. calling the sick and wrong podcast. Mm. Another two policemen. The fucking surrounded our flat. Four of them come in the flat, searching around, and I think what the fuck's happening. They come up to the toilet where I'm sat in there banging on the door. I pull my bo- my shitty boxes up. And go on to the door. They're looking at me mm. and they're like, are you Archie? And I'm like, no, no, no. What, you, what, what do you want my flatmate for? And he's like, we need to speak to him straight away. It's like, is he okay? Do they do that? Who do they need to speak to? Archie. Who's that? I don't know. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I think, I don't know if it's his roommate or something. I just, mm. do they just walk into your house? Can they do that? If they have a warrant. I, look, I don't know how I don't, I don't know, know how, how it works with the bobbies, but yeah. I mean in the in the U.S., yeah. If you don't, if they have a warrant, you don't answer the door. They can fucking just bust the door in. Sure. 
Is he getting arrested? And one of them just looks at me, twitches his nose like, no one's getting arrested, but you would for that fucking smell. And yeah. then I'm like, oh. And then they walk up. Bang. Was, was he like, he was taking a shit. Yeah. The cops came, knocked on the bathroom door, and he gets up. Like he pulled his shitty boxers like the, on. Yeah, that's like the worst shit nightmare for me. <laughs> you know, that's horrible. Yeah, they interrupted your shit. Yeah. And they just walk into your house. I don't know. I think they deserved it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, shouting him. It doesn't answer. They boot his door down. They're going, no answer. Open my door, looking. Can't see him. And then they come up to me and, like, if you see him, tell him the phone us. We need to speak to him right away. Days pass. We don't Are see they my foreigners? And when- Who? You said if you see him, tell the foreigners. And then tell him to phone us. Oh, okay. He said right. tell him to phone us because we need to speak to him right away. Oh. Eventually when he comes back. Tell the band foreigner. <laughs> speak to them right away. Hot-blooded. Mm. It's all shook up and we ask him, what's happened? Why are you after the police after you? Turns out him and his mate... It went back with some girl that did a fucking loads of ketamine. I had a threesome with her, well, apparently. Um, he left, and his mate had finished off the job, so obviously went from a free, free threesome to his mate just nubbing her all over. I'm so confused about what happened there. Okay. Did you get that? Yeah, I did get that, actually. All right, what happened? They had a, him, the guy who was the police want, uh, went home with a chick with his buddy, so it's an MMF threesome. Okay, and then they were both fucking her, and then and then the police dude, the guy who the police want, was like, "All right, I'm out," and then he left, and then the dude kept fucking her. I don't know why that's important because it doesn't seem at all important, but well, okay, all right. Why would you? Why would that be illegal then? It's not. There's something about her having ketamine, but we don't know yet. And disappeared. So apparently. Both of them had raped her, but I've oh. never heard anything since. Yeah. But I suppose the moral of the story is you never really know who you're living with. Could be a rapist. Who knows? Tickle, tickle. All right. Well, there yeah. you go. Never know if you're living with a rapist. Or you or... never know if you're calling into a show with a guy who's going to smash your head in with a blunt <laughs> object. <laughs> Whenever he sees you in person, are you gonna bludgeon these guys? Just yeah. no yes. warning. Just walk up mm-hmm. to him, just bludgeon them. Yeah, I go by prison rules now. You know, <laughs> just shake you, any kind of disrespect. There's, you have no choice but to just fucking, j- just fucking, you know, go to town. That's it. I kind of want to know what happened. So the the guys ended up raping this girl. Did he come back to your apartment and you found this out, or did the cops did you turn him in? Because if it was my roommate and someone's mm. like, oh, yeah, your roommate raped some chick, mm. I would probably be like, oh, yeah, he's over at, you know, 7-Eleven getting a hot dog. Well, it's did they both rape her or did they have a three-way and then he left and then the other guy raped her? Yeah, I think it, he said both of them raped her. Both like of they them brought her back her. and raped her. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah. no wonder the Bobbies were after him. That's terrible. All yeah. Right, God. All right. Well, thank you for that mm. uplifting narrative there. Yeah. Great. <laughs> that, was, that was great. This and, is uh, people. People are remembering their uni days and calling yeah. in about it. <laughs> it's just so nostalgic for it, them. You know why I think that is? 
they, they say that lions and tigers like to go to a place of fond remembrance before they die. You think that you think that's what it is? It's like yeah, that, I think that's what that this is. I brief bit in a, a pleasurable yep. nostalgia. Yep. Before getting bludgeoned by an angry podcaster. Uh, no, I think they're going to die from this plague. Oh, from the COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's why people are doing this. It could be why. I mean, I think also you're just bored at home and you're just like, mm. fuck it. I'm going to call this podcast mm. and tell my gross shit story. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Uh, people can call Sticker on Hotline, 323-522-4032. Uh, best way to support the show. I was just wondering if, like, we have time for an email because we got a couple, but I don't think so. Mm. We got we got to get out of here. Mm. Got to wrap this up. Yeah, got things to do, places to be, you know. Yeah, um, I got my last two weeks of work coming up. So TV shows That's to it. watch. Yeah, uh, best way to support the show is by becoming a sick and wrong patron. Seriously, people, we really appreciate you supporting the show on Patreon, uh, Patreon.com/slash/sickandwrong, and we are actually trying to do more to show our appreciation. So not only do we do an extra story every week? We do some extra phone calls. This week, actually, we had these phone calls from Liz. I know you're out there listening there, Liz. Liz called in seven-part phone call mm. about her acid trip during quarantine. And it's a pretty good call. It's like it starts yeah. out in the beginning. She actually seems, you know, very comprehensible. Like you listen to her, you're like, oh, okay, I understand where she's coming from. I can, I can, I can understand what she's saying. But then it starts getting into like the troll that lives upstairs in the treehouse and the shadow. Yeah. It starts getting really crazy. <laughs> and we only got through parts one through three. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that other guy that was telling us about weed strains, Captain Kike, I think he calls himself. Captain Kike. Yeah. Captain Kike. Anyway, that's what's mm. going on right now on the Patreon. So how, how does Patreon Captain Kike get around town, you think? I don't know. A, ju a Jew canoe. A Jew canoe. Which is like a Cadillac. I think it's a Cadillac. <laughs> I forget what kind of Cadillac I it think is. it is a Cadillac, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's or a kind of Cadillac. yeah. It's Delta 88. Mm. Jew yeah. canoe. Uh, yeah. Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Sign up today. Mm -hmm. You know, one, one other thing I want to tease. I'm going to tease this for the Patreons. The patrons. Mm. This, this is patrons only. So all those people that aren't patrons, don't listen to this part. Like, mm. just tune it out. Like, put it on pause. Um, this is for patrons only. Harris and I are going to be doing a hangout, a COVID-19 quarantine hangout. Q&A, everything. Q&A, yeah. story time. We'll go through the news. Right. I'm not going to say exactly what it is because we don't know yet, but we're going to post it to Patreon a few days in advance, and we're going to do it midday so people mm -hmm. in the UK will be able to listen to it too. Mm-hmm. That's and right. it's going to be interactive. Oh, yeah. So you'll be able to, like, shoot the shit with us for, like, an hour. Maybe mm -hmm. longer. Maybe an hour and a half. Yeah. But, yeah, we're planning on doing this, like, on a weekly basis, right? Possibly yes. bi-weekly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, Harrison's about to get furloughed, so he's going to have right. time. And well, hey, Jack. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so so if you sign up for Patreon today, patreon.com slash sick and wrong, you sign up, you'll be able to hang out with us uh, sometime this week. And just so, level abuse at us if you want. Just level yeah. it. That's yeah. all you got to do. So, you know, that's right. Um, also, Discord is going off right now. 
so many people on the Discord. I think because also, once again, people are bored. So they're just on the Discord, hanging out. Oh, yeah. it, and you can access Discord just signing up for Sticker on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash Sign up. I don't even know if you necessarily have to give money. I think you just have to be a Patreon. That's correct. Like a patron member. I think so, yeah. And uh, once you sign up, then you'll have, uh, it's the very first post mm-hmm. is a link to the Discord page. So go check it out. Finally, here's Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. Harris and I were, we were racking our brains trying to find an applicable song for the God Machine. I came mm-hmm. up with a few. Harrison shot them down. Harrison came up with a few. I shot those down. That's right. And then we both decided on this one that actually pretty much exemplifies the entire topic. Yeah, we were iffy because it was, it was a little maybe too on the nose, but we were like, fuck it. It's a good song. Yeah. Uh, David Bowie's Savior Machine from the album The Man Who Sold the World. That's it's his right. third studio uh, LP. It's a great record, actually. Mm-hmm. See, I love the song Black Country Rock. On that. Oh, yes. That's a really yeah, yeah. good one. In fact, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to listen to that in a second. Anyway, Savior Machine. We're going to end the show with that by David Bowie. People will be back next week with episode 734. Till then, take a seat. President Joe once had a dream The world held his hand Gave their pledge So he told them his scheme For a savior machine They called it the prayer Its answer was law Its logic stopped war Gave them food How they adored Till it cried in its boredom
this question. Is oral sex between a husband and a wife in a marriage a sin? I don't want to, don't look at me. I don't, I'm too young for that question. You're too young. I'm too young. <laughs> Do you have a baby? Did you get married? Oh my Lord. Can we just switch the current up hat? <laughs> you see this? The Bible doesn't make that simple. It's a question. It's what's in your heart. You know, what's in your heart. If to yeah. you it's sin, it's sin.